The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I'm joined by Dr. Jay Warren. And Dr. Jay is a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor in San Diego, where he works with new families every day. He's the host of two popular podcasts, Healthy Births, Healthy Babies, Happy Babies, sorry, and The Dadhood Journey, as well as he's an instructor in the ICPA, which is the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, and he has created online courses to help pregnant women learn prenatal bonding techniques and a new dad's class that helps men with the transition into fatherhood. He's also the proud father of his son, Nico, who inspires him to strive to be a better person and better dad every day. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, It's my pleasure for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. So I'm excited to explore the subject of... um, dads in the birth space. Uh, we, we talk about dads and partners, of course, in, in other episodes, but today we're going to really just delve into what, what the experience is like for the partner. So tell me, how are you? How did you get into this? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm a dad, as you said, and so my own experience remembering what it was like trying to navigate all of those changes was I was really excited to be a dad, but I just realized there aren't that many resources devoted specifically to dads. It's more of us dads having to kind of adapt what the moms are being told and (laughs) put it into our world. So I have my own personal experience that way, but then also in my work, I'm working with new families every day. I work in a prenatal birth center or not a birth center, a wellness center. And so predominantly my practice is pregnant women, postpartum women, and babies. So I work with um, babies under a year. And so I don't work specifically with a lot of dads, but usually when dads are coming in for the newborn exam after the birth, I'm looking at them and looking at the deer in the headlights and the overwhelm that they're going through. And it reminded me of that same situation. And we do a ton of great support for women in our, um, in our center where we have you know, breastfeeding support classes afterwards. We have mom and me yoga. We have, you know, pelvic floor PT, all those kind of things, but there's not a lot for dads. So I took that upon myself after we've established the center and doing great work for the moms to really focus on dads and give them support they need. Well, one they need, and I've found they're really craving it. They're really hungry for it. And the more we can give to the dad to be supported, then it's going to allow the whole family to launch off even better. So, that's And sometimes the dads aren't even really, they don't even have the language to express what they need, right? No, it's so different nowadays. I mean, the, you know, the modern dad is thrown into a role that really is, I don't want to say unique, but it's, it's a, we were never, ex- we don't have any generational models. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this is, I, I've read something recently that dads are taking on more of the child rearing responsibilities than any generation previously. Which is great. And it's so great. And the right thing to do and everything, it's just, it's brand new. And so we don't have like other people to say like, oh, this is how they did it. So I'm going to do it this time mm-hmm. around. And or, so it's generational. Like my dad was a great dad and is a great dad, but like he wasn't really responsible for those kind of things. It just right. wasn't really expected. 
now there's a lot of expectations where if you're not doing those things, you're seen as less than or not doing yeah. versus before it was like, oh my gosh, like he changed the diaper. Isn't that wow. great? You know? So those expectations are there. A lot of them are unsaid. And so like as a guy going into that, like we, we want to be successful in it. We want to be contributors, like our provider protector mm. archetype comes mm-hmm. up and if we're not doing a good job at that because it's either said or unsaid and we don't have the tools or the support to do it, then it can make a guy feel like not doing a good job as a partner, not doing a good job as a father. And what happens, unfortunately, is men stereotypically will start isolating and they'll shove it down and trying to say, oh, everything's okay, but they're they're suffering inside. And that yeah. can further problems later on, whether it's a relationship or their own mental health. So we just want to put it all out there in the in the open to be able to say like what's really going on, get real tools, get real support, realize yeah, they're not alone. That's a really good point that the culture has shifted so much in the last generation, but how we go about birth education hasn't shifted alongside it. Mm-hmm. So we have all these resources for moms about baby led weaning and all these, you know, like in, like nuanced resources, but then it doesn't really we don't have that same thing for the partner. Right. You know, and uh, so in our center, we have birth education classes and the dads are at all of the classes, which is fantastic. You know, it's just mm-hmm. expected they're at hypnobirthing and the birth prep and they're at the newborn care classes and they're at the breastfeeding classes. We think that's really important for dads to be there. So not that they're doing this, uh, the breastfeeding, but they're understanding what the challenges are totally. and, and supporting the her in that breastfeeding journey if there's challenges. And there's a lot of challenges that obviously come up with it. But if they're there and, and learning about it, then they can advocate that much better. But it is, and I've, I've watched the classes, the class really is geared it's speaking to mom, to mom, to mom, and dad's mm-hmm. kind of like side, sitting on the side there, mm-hmm. adapting it, but not really being acknowledged in mm-hmm. their own way. So we're trying to shift that. Awesome. Okay. So give us some examples of dad-centric education that applies really specially to dad. Right. So during the pregnancy, obviously a lot of the attention is on mom, mom's health, mom's health, health uh, well-being towards the baby and the like. And there's there's certain things that during the pregnancy really is about how do you as um, the partner be really supportive to mom and making sure they're as comfortable. My as husband would always forget that we were pregnant until I started showing. He would always forget. Yeah. I'd be like, honey, yeah. <laughs> he's it's, like, I just don't remember that it's happening for you. And I'm like, and that's a really important thing that you brought up, Sarah, because women, obviously you're feeling the changes every right. single day. You're feeling the baby. You have a, a physical connection as well as the emotional connection with baby. And dads don't have that. The physical connection that is, you have to, we have to work at it hard of hands on the belly and talking with baby and all those kind of prenatal mm-hmm. bonding things that dads can do that will help on the other side. But they're, I don't want to say it's a disconnect, but it's not as connected as moms. And if moms are feeling, wow, like he's just not really involved in the pregnancy as much. It's, it's not always, I don't want to say fault, but you know, they're, they're not as engaged yet. Yeah. They miss the opportunity to enjoy this experience together. Honestly, if they can't really, if the mama can't express how she's feeling and the, and the dad keeps forgetting that he's pregnant, he's half of a pregnant couple, then (laughs) there could be some disconnect. So the more the dads can go to as many, if not all of the prenatal appointments Mm -hmm. makes 
of the team approach happen and you're the dad's learning more about it and and it just becomes more of a real uh, experience for the dad and there's an element of that happening too on the other side that very commonly so I leave a I lead a new dad's group or a dad's group we meet every month and one of the things that dad's really consistently have said is that they don't feel as haven't felt very bonded with the kid nearly as much as they are supposed to were told they would right after the birth and so so I don't relate to that I felt instantly connected with my son like I was in a different boat but many dads don't feel very connected right at the beginning and once one dad said that in the meeting many other men were able to say oh my gosh i felt that too it wasn't until they were smiling and interacting more that i really felt that connection with my baby and i thought something was wrong with me i felt mm. something like i emotionally i wasn't available or things like that and so they were feeling guilty about it but there's lots of things we can do to prompt and, and totally. help with bonding. But if they're feeling that internally and feeling, oh, something's wrong with me and not expressing it, they can't get help. So those kind of things like make a huge difference to know that they're not alone and they're, they're not the only one. Yeah. How do you think the birth affects the dads? Well, so we're, sorry, we're jumping. I know we're talking about prenatal right now, but I just kind of want to. Um, how do you think the, the birth, the way the birth goes affects the dad's ability to bond? It, it usually... So the way that it can affect even the bond with mom is putting in the context of the provider protector archetype, like our provider, our protector comes up in the birth. And if a dad's not really well educated, what natural birth looks like, what birth period looks like, even a medicalized birth, we can jump in because we're trying to protect mom and our spouse from something, right? It's either from the pain it's from the doctors, it's from the staff, and like, oh, she's feeling uncomfortable, like, fix her, fix her. Oh, that's a great point, yeah, during and the labor. That's a problem, especially mm -hmm. if mom's like, I'm doing fine, like, let me do my thing, and then there's there's a, a rift between mom and dad in the birth space, so if we can, if dads can be more educated about it, what I say is then your protector can be the protector of the space of birth, and you become this person that provides a space that you're liaisoning between the hospital staff or the midwife or um, if you're at home. And it isn't something where you're trying to protect her from anything. You're just supporting her through it and you're providing in that way. But if there becomes, a, if there's trauma in the birth yeah. or if there's some ways that it goes sideways, Dads can be just as traumatized from a birth as much as a woman can be. And we do a lot of work to like recognize is there birth trauma and working with people in postpartum, working with moms that is, but a lot of dads carry that. And so yeah, oh yeah. They're not able to really engage in the same way emotionally after an event like that if it's not addressed. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you several questions about that um mm -hmm. more in depth. So when a dad is in the the labor space though, and he's feeling like, so, so he, he went to all the birth classes and he thinks he gets it, but then he sees his wife in the actual labor. And yeah. this, as a filmmaker, this, um, I see this all the time because I'm usually back with the dads. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm usually the dad doula. The, the, the doulas are up with the mom, the midwives up with the mom, and I'm usually like hunkering down in the back with the dad. And so many times they're so surprised at the process, even though they've been to the classes and they want to be a hundred percent there, they're just really surprised at the noises she makes yep. and, and just how it's going. So what are some of the tools you teach dads to, um, to be ready 
for those and also to to cope because they are supposed to be seen as the protector. So mm-hmm. if there's space here in the birth space, they're like, I thought I was prepared. Now I'm not prepared and things are feeling out of control. What can they do? Right. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you said, is like being educated about what the reality of birth is. So it's not as surprising mm-hmm. the first time around. Uh, having a, a really supportive birth team that the dad is working along with rather than kind of off to the side yeah. is really important. I know in my own son's birth, we did a home birth. And so it was myself and Effie and the midwife, a midwife's assistant and the doula. And the doula I relied on a lot because mm. she was one that at certain times would come to me and say like, you know what, Jay, go to her, tell her she's doing great, rub her back. She needs to like check in with you. And so I would take her cue and I would go in and do that. And there were other times where she said, hey, Jay, why don't you go get some water downstairs? You know, and <laughs> I, I, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm not thirsty. I'm like, no, you need to go downstairs, <laughs> you know? And so she didn't have to tell me or maybe hurt my feelings for like, go away. I want to like be with the midwives right now. I could take the cue from the doula. So like we were all working Mm. as a team and I really trusted. And there were times where looking at what was going on, especially like right in the final moments, um, as much training as I'd have, I mean, one professionally, as well as taking all the classes, there were times where I'm like, are we okay here? And instead of Mm-hmm. I could look to the duel and to the midwife and say, like, are we okay? Like, thumbs up, thumbs down. And they was like, no, we're fine. Keep going. And I trusted mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So a dad really being knowing the birth team, whether that's your OB, whether it's the hopefully a doula is involved with things. I'm a huge um, proponent of, of doulas. And knowing them really well so that we as a dad can trust in their yeah. experience and trust in their training so we don't feel we have to fix it. We have to be the one that has the solution because we don't. That's not our world birth, right? So if we can have a team that can we can take cues for, then we can provide and protect in a, what can I do for you? Like do comfort measures that hopefully you've learned in the class. Be calm if if mom's looking to us to be a solid rock for them. We can be in that space for them rather than us being (laughs) aggravated and being more of a problem. That brings up another point. Um, Some dads feel like having a doula in the birth space would interfere with their ability to bond with their wife or support her effectively. What do you say about that? No, that comes up with even women. Women will say, well, what do I need a doula for? My husband's going to be there, right? And I love that they feel that the dad's going to be that supportive, but but switching it back over to the dads, like the doula doesn't take the place of the Mm -mm. dad. It's another role in the whole team of theirs. So having, having a doula present, they're, they're going to be doing things for mom in a totally different way than you're as a dad are going to be doing things for mom there. So it really rounds out the team rather yeah. than replacing like, well, is dad going to be there or the doula going to be there? That, no, it's not an, it's not an or. It's no, a, no. And yeah. just even from my experience, like I didn't feel that the doula was doing things that I wanted to be doing and she's getting in the way of me supporting no. her in it. It was, it was such a, it was, I mean, some people said when we were hiring the doula, and this is before I was even more immersed in professionally in the doula community, a lot of people told um, Effie, like, you know what? You're hiring the doula for Jay. You're not hiring the doula for you, <laughs> <laughs> right? So that There's a lot of truth to that, honestly. The doula could be the liaison mm-hmm. and help me and support me as well as kind of guide me of when I needed to step in a little bit more, when I needed a retreat, rather than her having to 
labor and be in her own space and then also possibly have to manage me. Yeah. Yep. I always say that the stronger the doula is or, you know, her skills and then she allows the dad to be his strength too. She allows Mm -hmm. him to be more strong. And depending on if you need more physical strength, then you're, then you're, um, then the dad can be more emotional. And then sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes you need a big burly dude to hold up a position while the doula is sweet whispering in the ear. And so it's just your tag team, right? Exactly. And all of that, then kind of going back to your original question, like all of that can have the birth just be that much more of a a wonderful bonding experience Mm -hmm. rather than a traumatic experience. I mean, one, just even for mom's birth, for the baby's birth, doula's great birth team is going to be um, setting up postpartum that much better. But then on the other side of things, if it's this nurturing bonding experience, the birth experience, then dad's going to feel that much more involved, um, less isolated, less of a third wheel and being a part of things and not having his own trauma Mm-hmm. having to work through while the major focus in those first um, days, weeks, and months is on mom's recovery, on baby, breastfeeding, getting the, the handle of things of having a new baby there. And there's there's less that he's going through himself. Yeah. Again, I want to talk more about partner trauma. <laughs> yeah. More and more. Um, so... How about um, right after the birth that we call it the golden hour, the magic mm-hmm. hour. So talk, yeah. um, talk to us about what dad can do to participate fully in that experience. Sure. So in that golden hour with like mom having baby skin to skin and really being like initiating the breast crawl and initiating breastfeeding, like those are all moments that seem to be very mom and baby and like mm-hmm. a mother baby dyad, you know? But there's a triad going on as well. So if dad can be a part of that, that baby's not necessarily on his chest or obviously not breastfeeding, but being there and supporting mom in recovering from what just happened in the birth, as well as the golden hour and that the baby and mama syncing up and, and allowing them to bioregulate each other. But then also dad being a part of the the wonder of that, of mm-hmm. oh my gosh, our babies still are here, finally get to meet you on this side, supporting mom uh, and holding like a hand on the back of baby while his other hands like stroking her hair. Like it can be this, he can be a part of the golden hour. It's not like, all right, so when's the 60 minutes up and when do I get mine golden hour? Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, so backing up just a little bit. So there's um, there's hormones in birth that happen. The mom, obviously she's being, especially in an unmedicated birth, but mm-hmm. certainly and in any birth, but definitely an unmedicated birth. There's certain hormonal shifts that are happening in the mom's brain, like this flood of oxytocin and yeah. just, just all these bonding hormones. And this is my this is my anecdotal experience. So I want to understand from your professional perspective, if you, th- if you think I'm onto something, but I just noticed that dads that are there at the actual birth are in, um, engaged fully with the actual birth. Um, they feel, it looks to me like they're feeling the same oxytocin oh, yeah. rush and they are. So we're talking about like, we're, we're mammals and we are supposed to bond with our little <laughs> our little squiggles and if the dad's not present to bond with the squiggle then you know he misses out the opportunity right. to yeah. to be bathed in the oxytocin do you find that's like is that real is the, oh, it, the it's absolutely is- real so it's real anecdotally it's real 
like seeing it happen, I'm sure as a birth photographer and a mm-hmm. videographer, you see that, but physiologically, it's absolutely true. So there's, there's a book that I loved reading when I was getting ready for, uh, for my own son's birth. It's called The Male Brain. Have you heard of that book? Oh, no, but that sounds so interesting. I don't remember the name of the author. I can get it to you. Uh, but she is a neuropsychologist, a neuropsychiatrist. So she saw clients in a, um, in a therapy type of sense, but also as a neurologist was looking at brain models. And her first book was The Female Brain. She was saying that all these models of therapy and cognitive things are based on male brains and women's brains are just different. They function different, Mm -hmm. structurally are different. Then she wrote The Male Brain. And the joke is the female brain is like this. It's, it's a, 500 page book, tons of uh, resources, the female brain. The joke is the male brain is like three pages long. And a pamphlet. <laughs> exactly. An but, infographic. But, but what I learned in that is that physiologically, dad's hormone levels change in yeah. pregnancy. They change in birth and they're definitely different in almost the first year. Of- I, I, like I heard their t- testosterone goes down. Yeah. Testosterone down. levels go mm-hmm. down. The estrogens and the progesterones come up. Oh, I love it. comes up. So in an identity sense, I mean, and we'll switch to like the birth and how that helps with bonding, but uh-huh. in an identity sense, if you're a high testosterone male and those levels are dropping because of in the pregnancy and you don't know that that's going to happen, you can feel really <gasps> disconnected from who you are. You're not going to have this oh. wondering why you're not pushing as hard in work and like the testosterone that used to drive you to like get that's projects done and everything. And biologically, it makes sense that that shift would happen because we, because physiologically, if the male has higher oxytocin levels and less of that, like go out there hunter thing to be stereotypical, mm-hmm. then they're going to be home to nurture and stay in the cave and make sure everything. <laughs> yeah. Right? So those high testosterone males or any of male that just is used to a certain hormonal operation if they're noticing gosh i'm feeling way more emotional oh my goodness less drive less myself is what they'll say yeah and it's usually like well that's like you're tired uh could that be misdiagnosed as depression when it's not it's just oops i accidentally bonded with my baby (laughs) (laughs) exactly well i mean it I mean, there's a lot of studies that are showing that like one in 10 men are suffering from postpartum depression. And oh, yes. It, a I've lot of that. it can be hormonal levels, but most of it is, as you just alluded to, is identity. Is that there's a lot of shift going on. There's a lot of transition and not a lot of support. And when fathers are feeling those shifts and they aren't getting supported, we tend to internalize everything and suffer silently. Women do that too. I mean, definitely in postpartum, mm-hmm. there's a lot to... Like they want to be perfect moms. And if things aren't going perfectly with breastfeeding, they don't want to get help because they feel that might be, yeah. you know, they're not mom enough. They're not woman enough. Like they're But it's almost like so. if anybody's going to have uh, depression, it'd be like if the mom's doing fairly well, but then dad gets depressed, it's like, uh, excuse me, who are you? What right do you have to be confused okay. about your identity when look what's sucking on me 24 hours a day? Exactly. And so I guess exactly. we need to get like- another reason why we drive it deeper. Yep. Why it Shove it where it doesn't shine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's good. So those hormonal changes, knowing that that's going to mm. happen, Needing. makes it easier for a, a dad going through yeah. that to understand so just, and to be able to celebrate. Or like, all right, I'm not going to be driven as much. I'm going to be able to bond with my yeah. Baby. Just embrace those baby wraps and the and the. Oh. <laughs> There's all this cool male gear out there, like these big burly backpacks and these. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and you make it your own, right? Yeah. And you know, dads do it differently than moms, and that's yeah. okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. like part of the bonding afterwards is to find out your way of doing things. You're gonna rock the baby different. You're gonna totally. bounce a little different. Your voice is gonna soothe in a different way, and maybe what baby needs in that moment better than mom in a second. And there's gonna be times where like baby needs mom, and so dads you know, we do it differently and that's okay. We change diapers differently. We dress, you know, and as long as the dad has a space to kind of figure it out on their own and have that as a bonding process with the baby, then the whole family is going to be happier and healthier because we're all, we're working as a team rather than you need to do it my way and I'm not doing it right. All those things get in the way of wanting to jump in and engage. I guess that was one of the things I remember learning is that my husband did things differently and mm-hmm. how dare he <laughs> just kidding. I mean no I mean I, it, it took some getting used to that you know he was going to do things differently and in my little psychotic brain you know everything has to be perfect and safe and um right. yeah just just letting letting knowing that he had bonded with his baby and that he loved that baby as much as I did and just relinquishing that control totally. and, tra- and that's, trading that's- it for trust it's really hard. I mean, a very common theme is like mom knows best. And when yeah. that's said out loud, what dads hear is that like dads don't know anything or it can't do it best. You know, they're doing it second best. Right. And so men have paternal instincts just as much as moms have them. It's just, we don't act on them because usually mom gets, gets priority. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they need that. Right. But if a dad doesn't like step into it or allowed to be step into it, it could be like, right, I just have to do everything her way. And a lot of times that's better than nothing, right? It's not the mom's doing it bad. It's just that, that like me trying to figure out how to do a diaper Mm -hmm. is a bonding process where this little infant, like my heart of hearts is I'm trying to do the best I can. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like fumbling through. I'm like, oh my gosh, I put it on backwards. No wonder it didn't stick, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And that can be a fun bonding thing rather than Mm -hmm. the eye roll of like, oh my gosh, don't you, why did you never learn how to do a diaper? Fine, I'll just do it. And then mom feels more more resentment because I have to do it all because he can't. And the dad's saying like, if you just gave me five minutes, I could figure it out. Then that riff relationally mm-hmm. makes it even harder in the postpartum. Well, I remember even getting mad at him because he would do the baby's clothes wrong in the dryer. I mean, right. like we were right. so poor. I, I hand dried most of the clothes because I didn't want him to get like, you know, worn out in the dryer. And he would put them in the dryer and the fleece would get all melted and I'd get so angry with him. And in hindsight, it's just humorous. He just, he did the laundry. What was I complaining about? But, you know, to be like gentle with yourself about it, you're like, that's happening in this sleep deprived state. Yes. <laughs> you're recovering from nine months of pregnancy, yep. you're recovering from a birth and you're doing it in a high stress state. Like even if it's your second or third kiddo, like first time, especially like, you, you don't know what you're doing. You nope. know, you're like worried about baby breathing through the night and mm-hmm. what does that sound mean? And so it's, it's a high stress environment to be figuring out all these other things and to do it really well together without bickering and, and the like. So knowing in the first few months, like communication is going to be stressed. It's a, everything seems to go sideways at two in the morning when it's not a great time to figure things out. Right. It's not yeah. like you call the day where you can call somebody or, you know, get a resource or you have some rest. So it's a, so going back to like what you said about like that blast of oxytocin, yeah. in the birth that it absolutely happens. I mean, the doula community talks about it. Like I love going to birth because I get like bathed in this. Mm-hmm. 
I feel it for days afterwards. Dad being present at birth, I mean, just physically being there, even if he's not all that involved, like he's going to get some ripple effects of that. But the more involved he is, that oxytocin, that love hormone, the bonding hormone is going to yeah. be in his system. And then it's going to allow him to bond with mama. It's going to allow him to bond with baby. And like that whole family is going to be totally different. Oh, yeah. There. The other thing I noticed, I, again, I'll anecdote, I'm not a scientist, but I noticed that like mommy, <laughs> mama, when she's in the state, she's almost like um, a baby bird and she's um, bonding in her own way. And, Cause uh-huh. you know, she's just like your baby ducky. Right. And if I, I say to the couples, the first person your wife sees or, or who she bonds to is really going to be key in her postpartum. And what happens is sometimes if the dad's not present, emotionally she actually bonds to the midwife she Mm -hmm. she feels oxytocin she feels the love hormone and bonds Mm -hmm. to the midwife and then the midwife's a hired help she leaves and this mom feels completely abandoned right and so i was like i i I mean not that people ask me that much but i noticed that you know like this little bonding thing she's open she really it's it's hormonal right it's biological we're supposed to be bonding to our baby we also bond to the people in the space too so if dad's right up there in her face he's like she's like the sexiest thing i like maybe not literally sexy but he's like she bonds to him in a different different way right and if he's in the space like not just physically but in a available yeah or nurturing isn't this exciting you're the most amazing thing in the world for doing this birth space that bond oh yes translate through or uh, like ripple out for let's all pause and watch and go go watch some birth videos right now (laughs) right watch these daddy like dads are amazing doing that yeah and it's 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 an amazing bonding it's an amazing pivotal experience for a dad i mean that's kind of our rite of passage into rite of passage a point of um pinnacle emotional moment if you allow it to be rather than like all right we just Mm got to get through the birth and then we'll get home and i'll figure out like diapering (laughs) oh yeah so go ahead and open and accept the birth experience as part of the process yeah Yeah. Yeah. um because some guys are like oh it's it's messy it's yucky but um so what about what about if a dad isn't able to be there either he's um work or deployment or he's not in a relationship with a mom where he can be in the birth space or for whatever reason, he's not there. What are, what are some of the things he could do to um, his role and his to bond right. with his so baby? And- in the circumstance, I mean, other circumstances logistically, like either travel or mm-hmm. deployment specifically. I mean, and this has kind of come up recently with changes that happened with the beginning of the um, coronavirus situation where dads weren't being allowed into hospitals. Thankfully, in the last couple of weeks, that's yeah. Come to our senses. Good grief. Yeah, I was doing support calls for dads that were finding themselves in that situation. And a lot of it is like we're relying on technology of like doing FaceTime, you know, to be (laughs) with them as much as possible, even though we can't be there. But most of that bonding coming to the family, like when you're together, is you doing bond or you as a dad doing skin to skin with baby as quickly as possible so that you're getting that bonding, physical bonding. And then also in those logistical times of really making an effort to allow mom to tell her birth story so that in a way you're getting the information of like what exactly happened and everything. But mm-hmm. that telling of the story can be really bonding. It can also Ooh. like bring to light a lot that needs to be worked with if it's traumatic and it's going to bring up of, oh my gosh, I can't, I was, I was 
really angry that you weren't there. Like, I know you're deployed, but I'm really angry that you weren't there yeah. or whatever. It should be able to heal through that so that it doesn't, it becomes less and less traumatic. Um, different, of course, than if there's a couple in a situation where the dad's not with the partner and then it's a matter of after the fact doing those kind of things. It can still be um, part of that healing process, I think, though. Yeah. So what are some of the common myths about fatherhood that create problems for them men as they start a family? Right. Well, I I would say the very first myth is you're just kind of the Sherpa. You're just kind of the helper (laughs) outer, like to just take care of like the housework and unpaid nanny, whatever it is. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And there is an element of that myth being true in that, you know, again, talking about the provider protector, that part, especially in the first few months of being the Sherpa and taking care of the household stuff and taking it off the plate, whether you're doing it yourself or you're arranging for it, regardless, it's that is what we can do. We're not breastfeeding. We might be able to help with feeding if there's bottles or pumping or formula if, uh, um, if things are different that way. But really, it can be like when mama's feeding, like we create those doulas call them like nesting stations where like if mom's feeding the baby, mom's drinking and eating at the same time. So you have like snacks around and arrange all those kind of things. Hey, my oxytocin level is like shooting through the roof right now. Imagining these nesting stations, I mean, how better to like yeah. make love to your wife when you can't make love to her for, right. for six and weeks. So, but, and that's another yeah, thing. Like, that's amazing. Little things, seemingly little things might not be acknowledged in the moment because right. top priority is not to be like, oh, honey, you're doing such a great job. Thank you. And sometimes dad's coming into it like, I'm doing all this work, but I don't get any credit. It's like, dad, like that's not your, it's not going to happen. So like, take that off your list. Like, of mm. course we love being acknowledged for being a helper mm-hmm. and that's a great thing to be acknowledged for it. And I think it's right to be, but if, if that's not coming out most of the time, months after the fact or a year after the fact, oh, totally. it will come your way there. Yep. Of like, Oh my gosh, you made such a huge difference by huge doing difference. those little things. And so that's why I teach like new dads of it. Those are all, these are all the little things you can do. Make sure she's eating, make sure she's, um, she's got food, take care of the laundry, take care of the dishes, make sure she's got the food. You be the, the bouncer of not allowing too many people come into mm-hmm. the house. You know, you're arranging all those little things. So not so that she and baby can do everything because we want to be with the baby as well, but it takes that load off of them that allows us to feel we're doing something. Yeah. Right? And, and like you tell them, you also tell the guys not to wait to be told something, right? Like so many guys are like, well, you didn't ask me to do the dishes, so I'll just play the video games. Totally. It's like, oh my that gosh, I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> any more annoying for a woman. To, oh my gosh. I'm going to have to tell you to clean the dishes. Not your mom. <laughs> exactly. Like, and a lot of, a lot of women will express it in exactly that way, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, I've got a baby. Of like, and, and a big and kid. I've got... Yeah. Uh, oh no, we hear it all the time. How many kids do you have? Well, four little ones and then a big one. <laughs> right, right. And there's nothing more on the other side of it to hear that from your spouse so, that I'm a child that needs to be managed. Everything mm-mm. doesn't doesn't feel good. So 
yes, like that kind of communication is not great, but the way that that can be changed is by you stepping up and doing all those things and erring on the side of like, oh my gosh, stop giving me food all the time. I'll get it when I need it. That's a better criticism yeah. to hear. Stop, the dishes like, are always <laughs> clean. I was planning to use that cup again and you put it in the dishwasher, knock it off. Totally. <laughs> Air on that side. <laughs> and that's the that's the kind of thing, those are like simple little things that mm-hmm. can be done all the time. And part of like in a baby bonding sense for the dads can be also giving mom time alone. I yes. Time alone to just be with baby because you're doing all the other stuff, you know, household things. But then also time alone for like, I want to be with baby. I'm going to be able to soothe baby. I'm going to learn it or whatever it might be so that you can either rest, you can or eat, go out, go get a shower, yeah, go you meet can some go friends. Visit you can go for a walk without having to wear the mm-hmm. baby and worry about, am I going too long and all those kind of things, just giving mom a break. It's yes, it's seemingly for her, but at the same time, when she's got the break because she's not with baby, it means you get to be with baby and you get to do fun memes about the difference between when mom's taking care of baby and dad's taking care of baby and the type of. Oh, you've seen the funny memes, the difference between mom taking care of baby and dad taking care of baby and. Our, our joke in our family is if my mom leaves, we get fed nothing but donuts and orange juice. That's what <laughs> my dad used to feed us. And <laughs> dad's got a different way. Yeah. yeah. But also by doing all those things, I'm just speaking from the women's, women's perspective, by doing all those things, there's a level of trust that's built up. So even though, yeah, I'm a fragile new mom and my brain is a little broken, like dad protecting my space that way, it makes it feel like me giving the baby. <laughs> Again, it's, it's just so weird because it's, it's still pretty gendered like that, but me like letting him take care of the baby. It's, yes. he's built this foundation of trust that I right. know things are going to get taken care of and that mm-hmm. he's as invested in this as I am. Totally. That can't and help. The feeling of instead of dad babysitting, you know, right. like that's always taught. Like I'm not babysitting my baby. Like I'm parenting my child, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if a dad's not really engaged and not really doing so, it'll seem like that. Mm-hmm. Of, okay, I need. A, I'm going to my yoga class. Like hopefully going back to yoga class or whatever it is. Visiting, like having coffee with my friends. And then the dad's like, okay, so like, what do I feed? Wear the diaper. Yeah, wear the diapers. This, like, oh. what do I do? And then it becomes. One resent mom's resentful, but then also it might be like, all right, uh, forget it. I'm not. Never mind. Not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it, right? And that might be necessary in the beginning. So dad getting up to speed, but hopefully dad's engaged. Like I want to learn all these things, so you don't have to worry about it. It's Mm -hmm. just yeah, go for it. I got baby, and Mm -hmm. that's absolutely can be done. But I think it's an allowing of mom to like let go of control if mom's mm-hmm. like feeling very control oriented. But the way she can do that to speak to your point is dad stepping up in these ways to earn the trust that baby's okay. So mom feels mm-hmm. less anxious. She's going to feel anxious about it. Let's yeah. be truth, truthful about it, but it allows then the whole unit to work together as mm-hmm. again, as a team rather than the dad being delegated to and like, do this, do this, then this, so I can have an hour break. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, in in our, in our relationship as our kids have gotten older, the first one, the the way we parented and co-parented the first one versus the fourth one was very different by the, Mm -hmm. by the fourth, he was way more engaged. And um, it's important to me as a mom that my kids have their dad in their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are married, but even if we weren't, I would just want, I just see the value in that 
co-parenting. And so you start that right from the beginning with the dishes and the diaper changing all the way up through their life that the child can learn to trust. They don't have a certain parent that feels um, weaker to them or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I I absolutely agree. I think it's important for moms and dads to be congruent, like on the same page with the gems of parenting. Like it's not like dad will let everything happen and mom doesn't at all but we're going to do it different, right? So there's going to be, even if mom and dad are in the same house, like there's certain things where the kids being really smart are like, oh, I can get away with this with dad and not so much with mom mm-hmm. or vice versa. There's other lines that are drawn on the sand by dads that moms are more um, allowing of. But that whole like dynamic really gets set up in those first couple months. Like for me, with Nico being born with... Effie's schedule, my schedule, I basically had Nico three and a half days, like when she was working and she went mm-hmm. back to work like way sooner than I would have liked. She Two months into once um, Nico was born, she was like back um, working. And uh, granted, it was only three days a week. But on those three days, I was with Nico solo the whole time. So mm-hmm. like I was doing that all the way throughout and I loved it. And I was, you know, trustworthy and I earned it and I knew what I was doing and the like. But I think the more parents can build those alone times of like the job with them, then it goes from an hour alone to like an afternoon to like a day or whatever it might be. And there's security and trust built for not just mom and dad, but then also the kiddo, right? You said Mm -hmm. that about like with kids needing to feel secure with both parents instead of not knowing which parent they need to deal with Mm -hmm. to get what they want. Right. Or, or even just, what how, what set of rules am I operating on right now? Like the more mm-hmm. they can be congruent on the same page is important, but it's not going to be the exact way. Yeah. Um, so there's something I, I'm not, I can't really quite put my finger on it, but something about this conversation feels like there's something left unsaid about dad's identity in the whole process. I mean, we're saying just do the dishes, just learn how to diaper, just put your, stop playing the video games and pay attention to your baby and your wife. And, um, but I feel like there's like something left unsaid about, um, the dad, um, reveling in that, enjoying that. Um, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't feel like it should be a sacrifice to, Yeah. it feels like it should be super I don't want to use the word empowering again, but it feels like for the dad, that should be really powerful, a powerful feeling to know that he's got the house, like he's got it under control, right? Is and I, that- think that, I think that's the feeling. I think you nailed it on the head in that it isn't that you're just a maid or yeah. like a housekeeper or a Sherpa or a nanny or whatever it is. That is your role as like the provider in the family. And not that not that men are the only ones that provide. I was going to say, honestly, this role is for a partner in general. Yeah, exactly. Like any, yeah. just whoever, yeah. the, the intimate partner of the person that gave the birth. Yeah, <laughs> I, speak, I speak very often about guys, men, fathers, but it's absolutely applicable to mm-hmm. uh, same-sex couples. But it's, it's something that is different in the relationship, especially first time around, right? So like you're in a couple, you have your like kind of organizational way of operating as a couple in the house and the baby comes in and things shift. So the more you talk about it, knowing what the roles are and who's doing what and the like, then you can be on the same. And that can change. Honestly, like that can change. Oh. I, 
I hate sitting still and I hate holding crying babies. So my husband would, um, our last was kind of colicking. He had this magic way of bundling her up and making her shut up. And I cooked dinner and I don't like cooking. So for a long time, that was the trade-off. I cooked dinner for a good year while he held the screaming squirmy. And that worked out great. And then as soon as she stopped screaming around age two, <laughs> then he went back to cooking. Right. <laughs> Just kind of like right. the, the communication communication and the allowing and yeah. the, uh, you're doing this. So I'm doing that. Not that it has to be a tit for tat of like, well, I did five things and you have to do five things, but th- there has to be some more flow yeah. to understand that like we're into this together and we're going to do it in this way. And I mean, I hope dads like continue to do those kind of supportive things of like feeding and cleaning up and mm-hmm. all those kind of things, because that's part of being a household. And that's something that I think my son then gets to see model of it's not just moms do this and dads do this. It's more integrated. Yeah. Then our children will have a generational model to see what it looks like. Exactly. It'll be so cool. Because they're modeling us and they're Mm -hmm. looking at what we're doing rather than doing or like listening what we're saying. (laughs) Right. So if they see that, if I tell my son like, Hey, you need to help up and like finish up in that or clean up in the house, but I'm not doing that, then yeah. Mismatch, right? Yeah. But again, like going back to the dad feeling strong, feeling engaged, feeling a part of things rather than like, oh, great. Like we had a kid. Now I get to like clean up the house all the time. If what it's exact same things that are being done, but the mindset around it of this is what I can do to support my family. That's the switch. That's yeah. The- which that allows a dad to feel really happy to clean things up and to do laundry and to be available when mom just needs a break and be like, here you go, take this kid because I'm going to mm-hmm. lose it. And you're like, great, <laughs> let me take kiddo. You take a break because it's going to, it's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Way. So I want to go back. We just have a couple more minutes, but I don't want to leave this unsaid. Um, what are, what are some of the resources that dads can look to or surround themselves um, when they feel like their birth has been traumatic, when the postpartum has been traumatic. I mean, let's just talk about resources specifically for dad that sure. can help him through this period. Because like you said, you kind of bundle it up and right. don't really have the opportunity to express it. So, totally. so the what same, do you tell your dads? So the same things that work for women with postpartum uh, depression and or challenges and the like uh, work for dads, right? So one, it's education beforehand or during it of what's going on to navigate that process. And two, it's support. So those kind of things will happen for women in a postpartum, um, like transition to motherhood groups, mom and me bonding with other moms because they have kids of the same. Well, yeah, there's tons of circles, but where where did you guys go? Are there circles for guys? So there's a number of online groups that I've been a part of and I have my own group, the dadhood journey that it's like new dads and dads of all ages, really, um, all, all ages. Yes. Like range of when you became a dad, but also ages of kids to do Mm -hmm. it. I lead a group in town. It's actually face-to-face where we get together once a month. And those are coming more and more. The more I've done um, things and looked and talked more about dads, like those are starting to pop up. So (laughs) for dads to get that support in that time, like the first ways you need to look for is like your friend circle is going to be a way of like looking at the other friends that have um, kids and asking them the questions of like, what's going on and what was this like for you to get that, okay, I'm not the only one and I'm mm-hmm. not alone. 
Um, but the more and more like groups are popping up um, online, whether it's in, in person is best because then you get to um, like possibly make friendships and the like, but having those kind of support groups so that one, you can get tips and tools and the actual like practical things, but also have that community and that tribe, if you will, and that brotherhood in a male's perspective mm -hmm. of like we're in this together and we're parenting together rather than it just being you being friends with the mom's friends. Um, those are aspects. Uh, there's a lot of uh, like book resources and obviously like class things that I can give mm -hmm. you links for as well. But it's mainly like reaching. Usually it's easier to create that circle or know that that circle is coming before the birth happens mm -hmm. because then you can have work with it in that way. And dad's telling their own version of the birth story yeah. and telling it with mom so that there becomes instead of like mom tells it this way and dad tells it this way. And they're telling it at a dinner party six months after the baby is there. I'm like, that's not what happened. Or, you know, that. Yeah. 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 Well, I see so many of my girlfriends, they, they see their, um, their partner struggling, but they don't know how to get him the resources. It's like, gals naturally circle up we naturally when we see it our our way is more naturally to vent to each other yeah. whereas guys i feel like at least at least my husband i would see him be overwhelmed and he'd go out with the guys but he wouldn't talk to them about anything he'd just numb out or he'd go right. drive some power machine and yes. you know it would make him feel better it would make him feel better in the short term but not really long term it didn't but i don't know i'm i guess i should not judge what's going on in his head i just feel like there just weren't any resources for him to get some concrete Right. And so like these specific dad's group aren't places where like guys can hang out that happen to also have kids. It's more focused towards the dadhood process, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, say the, the monthly meetings that we have, it's not a, like talking about sports or talking about like how crazy our wives are or anything like that. It's I mean, there's that of, too, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like if there's challenges and complaints, how do we switch it into like, how do we work with this? And it's specific to either, either like the relational change, the transition mm -hmm. that's happening of like, all right, so now I'm the dad as well as the husband. And we're trying to figure out like my wife and I, like what our relationships like, as well as like trying to figure out the kiddo and that then, is having tools to be able to work through that rather than it just complaining about yeah um, exactly it's like on me because they don't do this i'm like oh yeah me too har 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 you know like it, we want to be right about yeah it. thankfully the dads that are showing up at this group like they're sh they're showing up once a month to learn about being a better dad so like that demographic of people like is different than just dads that are like oh, just anything to make the baby quiet like would make me feel better. <laughs> exactly. You're much exactly. More okay, so my last question is um we've we've talked in previous episodes at nauseum <laughs> about signs to watch for a mom that she's not okay, that postpartum mood disorders are a real thing. Um and and what could be what more than just bringing fears and meals, but what are the signs in mom that she's not okay and that she needs external that she needs an intervention, she needs help, she needs more support, um, even if she's not asking for it. So my question is, how do we tell, what are some of the resources we can, um, you know, some of the signs that dads are not doing okay and how can we help dads in the postpartum period? Sure. Thank you for asking that. Um, the main things that I say, and these hopefully, they might be the same that you see in women as well, is 
dads starting to isolate more and being more like just mom's going to sense them shutting down more. Mm-hmm. And so physically they might be leaving the space more. They're just like, I need to go to the store to just get a space, but they're, they're really trying to check out rather than talking about like really what's going yeah. on. Shorter fuse, I mean, uh, obviously like bickering a lot more and that's going to be a part of the, <laughs> the first part of it. So just because you bickered once doesn't mean a dad's necessarily suffering, <laughs> but noticing emotionally, there's much more um, short fuse, much more defensive. Um, I think dads become more defensive in that situation mm-hmm. rather than lashing out and aggressive. Uh, at least in my experience, that's what I've seen. And who is the person watching for these? I mean, because if mom is already wrapped up in her own thing, who's really watching the dad? Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest part. So first round is mom, Mm -hmm. right? But again, kind of speaking to like, all right, I'm already trying to manage a bunch of things. Right. Of course, like in a loving relationship, you want to take care of um, your partner, right? And you see Mm -hmm. these kind of things. And then having resources we just talked about are like, hey, there's a group of dads that talks about this stuff. You can get some help there. Um, Or it'd be great for you to talk with them, like bond with other dads, whether or not they're triggered by like, oh, I need help. Um, Mm, Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. But then say like going back into the workplace, if there's coworkers, then it's going to be like productivity is going to be off. Mm. There's going to be like more confrontation is just emotional irritability, those kind of things in the friend circle as well. If you've got a friend circle that knows you really well, they're going to be able to pick off on like "Uh, something's off with him. And that's going to show up in the same ways of just either being on the bickering side of things or Mm -hmm. um, just more short fused and, or whenever the conversation turns towards like, how's everything going with the family? The, the conversation's always about the baby's doing this or Mm -hmm. mom's doing this. And they're not talking about themselves at all. And hopefully a friend can say like, I, that's great. Like, and how are you doing with it all? Like, well, you know, I'm trying to like, figure out the diapering or we're trying to do this and it defaults into like logistical things, but having a friend really you know, allow them to take a space and like, no, how are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going well. So I don't know if those are like as tangible as you were looking for, but. Well, I think that's great. And like, in the, especially in the co-working space. Um, yeah. Instead of judging a guy for being lazy or as a boss, instead of saying, wow, you're just, your productivity is low. What's wrong with you saying, whoa, What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I would say the dads that have found themselves in a situation where it was someone in the workplace that helped them through that or, or discovered it, they typically are a parent. Right? Yeah. So a boss that's not a parent is going to be like, all right, you were even gone for all this time on paternity. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or there we go again, another like parent or another worker became a parent and I've lost productivity yep. from them. Instead of that nurturing, understanding, empathetic of, oh my God, we're really happy you're here, but like, this must be crazy. Like, and dads feel that same guilt of like, mm-hmm. I'm really happy to go to work because this is way easier than what's going on at home. <laughs> then Amen. As soon as they leave, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm like leaving my family and I missed out on things. So yeah. Same going back to work guilt that moms feel. Dads feel that same thing. It's just we're, we don't talk about it nearly as much. Wow. Okay, wow. This has been fascinating and I think so helpful. Will you um, tell people where they can find more about your other podcasts, your groups, and how they can just all the resources you have? 
Sure, sure. So the, I mean, the easiest way is to go to my website, which is drjwarren.com. And you, there's all the different avenues, whether you're a mom and going into the pregnancy podcast of Healthy Births, Happy Babies, or the Dadhood Journey podcast, and then the New Dads class. It's all in the hub there. Um, the main thing, like what, I mean, obviously what I'm doing is working with the new families. And obviously this conversation like is something I'm really passionate about as far as like helping dads. Mm-hmm. So those of you who are listeners that are the moms pointing them into those directions that there are resources for dad, they're dad centric, they're speaking in dad's language will allow a, a dad to feel heard, to get it in a different way. And if your listenership is like more on the uh, women's side, forwarding that on and right. allowing them to like be spoken to in that voice is going to allow them to be like much more excited as dads. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. This has been a great conversation. We could talk about it all day long. I know. I, yeah. Learned so much. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.